My favorite Super Bowl memory, and I don't remember what year it was. It was in the early aughts, so probably 2002, something like that. And I was working the Super Bowl, but there was a long time between the start of the Super Bowl and when we went on the air because the Super Bowl goal is so late. So a buddy of mine that I worked with at this TV station was like, hey, I'm having this huge party. And everyone from the station, because we were all pretty tight and young, you know, all working together, working these odd weekend shifts, late night shifts, just come over and enjoy the party. You can still go back and do the show later. And I was like, ah, that's, yeah, let's do that. And so I mm. went and <laughs> I don't know, I I had a few shots during the, the break there. And then finally I was like, I cannot do any, like I, I have to be a professional. I have to go back to work. And so I just remember, and then I got so paranoid. I remember going back to work and like eating a bunch of things out of the vending machine and put something in my stomach and everything was fine. I was fine by the time I went on the air and I actually had a great time at the Super Bowl party, but it was probably the most straight laced sports cast I've ever given because <laughs> I was so paranoid and I was like, oh my God, people are going to know I went to the Super Bowl party and it scared me. But my <laughs> friends later were laughing because they watched, they said, everything was fine. We just knew you and we knew that you came here had a good time we couldn't wait to see how everything went it went fine but it looking back now it was a great party if you were that cautious about it like i feel like you wouldn't have gone too drunk because i've been in that situation where you are so worried about getting too drunk that you yeah. don't even like drink that much so you probably were fine like i'm sure it, it was fine it was fine i just remember them pushing me to like you can do one more just do one more shot before you get back <laughs> do one more i was like Okay, okay. They're like, it's a Super Bowl. You know that? How do you, they, they always throw that in at the end. It's the Super Bowl. I'm like, okay. It's, it's one Bowl. time a year. It's the Super Bowl. I was like, all right, fine. I'll do it. So that's what I remember. And even a few years ago, a buddy on Facebook, he sent me a message right before the Super Bowl. He goes, hey, remember when you came to my party? We all convinced you that one more shot before you went back on air. And I don't know. It was, it was a good time. Now, what about you? <laughs> I think my funniest Super Bowl story was it was the Super Bowl before we started really trying to have a child. And it was mm -hmm. really my last go around. I knew it. I was like, all right, I'm going to be a mom soon, probably, you know, I'm start trying. And so we're going to blow it out. We were in Scottsdale for, I think it was the waste management, the Phoenix Open. Yeah. So we did that. We went to this club in Old Town and got bottle service. And, you know, the time changed. So like we were drunk before the sun went down. So we had bottle service at this club in Old Town. Uh, my husband puked in the Uber. It was my phone that called the Uber. So my Uber rating, you know, down the Ooh, drain. Because, <laughs> you know, when you puke in an Uber. So that was kind of our last hurrah and a funny way <laughs> to spend a Super Bowl. Just really drunk. But let's bring in Joe G, the co-host of BeckQL Daily, immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings appearing on the roman guest line joe g what is your favorite super bowl memory so i don't i don't have any that top those i mean those are some pretty great stories but i, I will say when i think back to the super bowl and some of my first memories guys it's interesting because when i first started watching the super bowl like we're talking like you know and, and i remember it right late 80s early 90s um I, I thought the super bowl was boring like compared to what all the hype was because that was the time where there were so many of those blowouts like the Bills got in the game and they got blown out by Washington and Dallas and Dallas, and then there was the 49ers Chargers. I just, for, for a, a good stretch as a kid, 
I didn't understand the hoopla over this game. I was like, every time I, I watch this thing, it's not even interesting. The game's over in the first quarter, and luckily, you know, the salary cap era came in, and things for the most part changed, and we've had a good run of, of mostly exciting Super Bowls for a while, but I remember being a kid and saying, like, I don't understand why I, everyone's excited for this game. It stinks. How are Joe? you not going to mention the Philly special? You call yourself a Philly fan? <laughs> well, that I mean, that's obvious, right? But that, but that was just a few years ago. So I was, I was trying to go back in the memory break and give you something else. But, yes, of course, a few years ago, <laughs> the Eagles win their first championship. I mean, Doug Peterson going for a trick play on fourth down in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's. That that will never be taught. I mean, Nick Foles had the Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady. I mean, what what more do you have to say? We're talking to our friend Joe Gillio, co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, you can also hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. Joe, so yesterday on the show, you were talking about and discussing with your co-host whether or not this was an easy Super Bowl to bet. What do you mean by that? So we had a guest on uh, Ian McMillan of BetSided and. He called it that. He called it the easiest Super Bowl he's ever been. And, and his, um, his idea was every number, or you know, I, I would say, I think he said like 10 out of 12 categories, points to the Rams. And he found this to be based on matchup, based on the statistics this year, the way these teams play, you know, yards per play, yards per play allowed. Every number for him pointed to, this, to, to the Los Angeles Rams as easily the side at four or even four and a half. And we discussed it afterwards, and I don't feel the same. Now, I, I understand why the Rams are the favorite. And I, I think the idea of the Rams being about a four-point favorite feels right based on the, the matchups, their, offense, their defensive line, Bengals' offensive line. But, boy, it's, it's hard for me to say, yeah, it's easy for me to lay four, four and a half points against Joe Burrow. So I disagree with the notion, but one of our guests certainly thinks uh, this is a very easy Super Bowl to bet. If every game was won on paper, sports would not be very fun, though. We're talking about a Bengals team that has just gotten on fire down the stretch. And we've seen this on, in other sports. It seems like some intangible factor that I know everybody is putting on the shoulders, the fashionable shoulders of Joe Burrow here, but we've seen it with other teams. It's some kind of it factor. Go ahead and drink if you had that on your drinking game <laughs> that we see with the Bengals. Like, do you believe that there are intangibles when it comes to the Super Bowl and teams that come in really hot? I, I do. And I also think, something happens in the postseason that we can't quantify by just looking at the numbers of the regular season. Like teams change. I mean, it's been a, it's been 20 weeks of football now. So 20, 21 weeks of football. Like, so to look at the overall big picture of these two teams and say, well, the Rams this year have given up, you know, X number of yards per play. Well, okay. And that's, it's, it's, it's a fact, but the Rams are a different team now than they were 10, 12, 11 weeks ago. And the same thing with the Bengals. And I, and I would say, look at the Bengals season let's say starting in early December when they decided to throw the football more and, and really say, Hey, Joe Burrow, just go win it. And look at their defense and how it's made plays. Every playoff game, the Bengals have ended with, with an interception on defense at all three playoff games. The last play they've been on the field, they've intercepted Derek Carr, Tannehill, and then Patrick Mahomes. So I do think there's something to the team. I think they're getting better. And yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's Joe Burrow. I mean, we, we might look back 20 years from now and laugh and say, Joe Burrow was a four-and-a-half-point underdog in a Super Bowl. That's the silliest thing ever, but that happens. I mean, I was watching NFL Network last night, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. I'm not saying Burrow's going to be Brady, but he was 14. He was a 14-point underdog in his first Super Bowl. Belichick and Brady were 14-point underdogs to Mike Martz. Like, sometimes in the moment, we get caught up in the numbers, and you look back, you're like, that's ridiculous. So, you know, we could one day look back at Burrow being an underdog and kind of laugh at it. 
So, Joe, that leads me to my next question. I, I think it's it's fascinating to ponder because there, there's no question there is something to the Bengals, and there is something to Joe Burrow because we, we see it play out every week, even when it looks like they're in an impossible circumstance, be it down 21 to 3 against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, whatever it may be. But from a gambling perspective, how much do you lend to something that you can't quantify, and is there a way to quantify it? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's what we kind of wrestle with all the time when there's teams like this that make these runs. Um, I, I do think in football, it's probably a little bit easier to kind of fall in love with it and, and believe in it, and, and it might work out for you in terms of the, of, of the betting line or if you want to take a stab money line. I always think these kind of things in other sports, let's say the NBA, you know, where it's a seven-game series in the finals, it's hard, right? It, it, it always feels like at the end the best team wins. I don't think that's the truth in the NFL. I mean, at the end of the year, we'll say – they were the champions. They earned it. They were the best team, sure. But we've seen upsets in the Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen bigger upsets than four and a half points. So I, I don't get too caught up in how, how do I kind of justify this. It's one game, right? We, we do this all the time. Every week of the season, we're making the side for a dog in a game. And as we talk through this, and as I've talked about in the show, I, I could see the Rams winning. I understand why they're the favorite. But I, I'm going to have no trouble taking the points with Joe Burrow. I, I feel like I have to. And this postseason has told us we're probably going to get a close game. So I, I feel like the right side, you know, 10 days out or so, is uh, taking the points with Cincinnati. We're talking with Joe Giglio, the co-host of BetQL Daily, immediately following our show. Joe, there's a thousand ways to bet on the Super Bowl, though. So even if you don't like a side, you can look at totals, you can look at props. Is there anything else that has jumped off the page to you in other ways to bet on the Super Bowl? Yeah, a cu- couple things I'll throw out. Number one, there is no prop bet that you could give me for Cooper Cup where I'll say it's too high. I mean, that guy is a machine. He's the best route runner in the NFL. I think he's the best one since Marvin Harrison. All he does is get open. All he does is get open and make plays. So I think his props at eight and a half catches, 104 uh, and a half yards. I won't be surprised if he goes over both. And the other one, kind of an off-the-radar one that I really think is interesting, you could get plus money, guys, on the Bengals and or the Rams. You could do both. You could do either to have their first score as a field goal. We're dealing with pretty, I would say, generally conservative coaches. McVay, for all the points the Rams score, he's generally conservative, especially early in games. He's not going for a fourth and three on the 31-yard line on the first drive. He's quite, quite content kicking a field goal there. And we know how good McPherson has been for the Bengals. And I would think Zach Taylor, if they have a chance to put some points on the board early, would do that. So I, I think both teams at plus money to have the first score being a field goal I think that is a fun bet, and I won't be surprised if we're sitting at 3-3 close to the end of the first quarter. Joe, is there a particular prop bet or anything on the board that you've seen that you like thus far or something that intrigues you? Well, we were talking yesterday about the uh, the anthem and how long the uh, the national anthem will be before the game. Um, Mickey Guyton, who's singing it this year, she, we were watching some of her YouTube clips, and she's generally a quick singer. So, and, and she's sung the answer before at the, at the national concert. I guess that was last May. So you can go on and do your research here, Jenks. We were, we were doing it. I mean, as much as we dive into like, hey, how many catches per game does this guy get? You got to dive into the analytics of the, uh, the national anthem. So we'll see where the number is set at. But this, this certainly feels like it's going to be a lower number because our singer this year has a, has a history of, of belting this thing out pretty fast. Yeah, usually you take overs when it's like those old school diva type singers that really want to put the vibrato and really stretch out the songs. But that is just my amateur opinion. And we'll see. I can't wait to hear 
all of these Super Bowl prop bets that we'll be talking about on our show and also on Joe's show. You can catch Joe Gillio on BetQL Daily immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Joe, thanks for waking up with us. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.